today, James Comer suggests Joe Biden may have used a pseudonym to do his dirty dealings and the head of Maui Emergency Management resigns. We've got all of that and more coming up, but it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and White Matters. Happy Friday. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and the House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer demanded yesterday that the National Archives and Records Administration hand over all documents and communications in which then-Vice President Joe Biden used pseudonyms such as Robert Peters, Robin Ware, and J.R.B. Ware. He sent a letter to NARA, of course, National Archives and Records Administration, requesting unredacted records and communications related to Biden's official duties as vice president, specifically those overlapping with Hunter Biden's activities in Ukraine. Uh, and he wants unrestricted special access under the Presidential Records Act to the case number uh, 2023-0022F entitled email messages to and or from Vice President Biden and Hunter Biden related to Burisma and Ukraine. Uh, and uh, we don't know if this will uncover anything new. Well, we already knew it here at Blaze TV, but maybe it will uncover something new for everyone else in the mainstream media. Here to discuss this and more, we have Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder and owner of Ripiverse Comics, also Stubergear, host of Stu Does America, which you can find not only here on Blaze TV, but also on YouTube, Stu Does America YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. At like literally anywhere you get your podcasts, Make sure you subscribe. Unless we get kicked off of Apple Podcasts, which is certainly possible. That actually, you know, this week. <laughs> it's almost like someone at this network, very integral to the network, had that happen to them. Right? I blame Glenn for everything. <laughs> Every problem I have in my life is Glenn Beck based. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that's fair. That's He's fair. apparently mod like everything, like as far as pulling the strings on everything it is. Oh, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, we. Glenn Beck, Glenn yeah. Beck. It's yeah. like, man, I'm, I'm not getting paid by him like that, but. Um, <laughs> that's I, what I, I like to. Everyone likes to say that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, your boss, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where, where's those checks coming from? I, I haven't seen them. They exist. Um, so, so James Comer has taken this route of uh, he thinks that the reason why we don't have this smoking gun yet of Joe Biden dealing directly with these people uh, with Burisma, tying him directly to Burisma is because he was using this pseudonym while he was dealing, uh, de doing business with Hunter, with uh, Devin, Devin Archer, with Eric Schwerwin, with all of these people who Hunter was related to. And so now we're going to see if NARA has, uh, has anything to say about that. Do we think that we're gonna turn anything up? I mean, if I wanted to be optimistic, I'd say, yeah, but but you're not optimistic. I can't be. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> tried that for a I, I gave it a shot. I gave it a shot. So don't ever call like me a seconds. doomer. I gave, yeah. it, I gave it a shot. Yeah. But no, seriously, like uh, looking at it as before, I was like, so he used a sock account, essentially. Uh, well, I guess it's always being alleged uh, in order to get this type of stuff done. Uh, criminals often do stuff like that. Um, that's a smart thing to do. Why, why on earth would you try to have everything traced back to you? So it'll be intriguing. But in the same respects, I'm like, I don't think he's smart enough to do that. <laughs> Not himself. Yeah. Maybe someone, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, operating in his capacity as maybe an agent or, or, or something. But him himself, I, I just can't see Joe Biden like being like, yeah, I'm going to we're going to 
do this, uh, you know, this one's like, yeah, he's a criminal, but he's also an old man. So it's like, how much of that can I actually believe? But it all effectively is the same thing, whether it be someone acting on his behalf uh, and he's reaping the benefits uh, as opposed to him literally being the one to devise some sort of plan where he's the one you know, mm-hmm. behind the, the scenes, but he's operating under this sock of pseudonym. I just can't see Joe Biden himself doing that. But does it matter? Not really. Yeah. Well, and so this is Joe Biden. What? How many years ago? Uh, yeah, ten, but ten years ago, but almost, even he then, like person. he wasn't all the always there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fair. Like fair. He wasn't the like, smartest. Like okay, he's yeah. Goofy, I, I will say this. Yeah, I mean, I would say ten years ago, though he was still stupid back then. But maybe he, he's been on a rapid decline. So, but even comparatively speaking, even when he was running as a, or rather, he was the vice president of Barack Obama. If you heard him talk, he wasn't like the the smartest guy, the sharpest right. tool in the shed. That never was what 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 he was. So even under like ten years ago, I don't think ten years ago he had the capacity to do that. Maybe when he was speaking in front of Congress years years ago. I mean, the guy is like 175 right. years old, and you watch some of some of his old videos when he's addressing uh, Congress. He was way sharper back then than what he was ten, maybe even fifteen years ago. So even ten. Yeah, I think he was. I just don't see him him he himself doing that. But that doesn't make him mean that he's not a criminal. It effectively is the same exact thing if you have someone else doing it on your behalf. So, Stu, this one part of this letter that Comer sent to NARA says attached to this email and made available on the NARA website is a document that indicates at 9 a.m. on May 27th, 2016, Vice President Biden took a call with the president of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko. It's concerning to the committee, however, that this document was sent to Robert L. Peters, a pseudonym that the committee has identified as then Vice President Biden. Additionally, the committee questions why the then Vice President Biden's uh, why the then Vice President's son, Hunter Biden, and only Hunter Biden was copied on this email to then Vice President Biden. It's shocking. I know. I mean, it, it's so bizarre. I mean, like we, we you know, sometimes uh, rich, important people have pseudonyms that they stay at, you know, to hotels. For, mm-hmm. right? like, so you can't, there's yeah. things like that that happen. But normally you're not doing business in this sense. And certainly you don't want to be doing business as a, you know, a vice president. Uh, it would be really, really impossible to believe that Joe Biden as vice president would put his name on a in an invoice or a payment coming from uh, Ukraine or China while he was vice president. But that's why this is how or- criminal organizations operate, right? Like it might be a pseudonym. It might be. It also might be that it just all went to Hunter Biden. And whenever Joe Biden needs something, he just got it from Hunter Biden. How do we know that? Well, we do have multiple texts from Hunter Biden saying he did exactly that. Uh, that could be part of it. We also have texts from Hunter Biden's uh, business associates that outline that they shouldn't talk about Joe Biden directly uh, digitally. They should only do it in person at request of Hunter Biden. Um, these, what these things are, are pieces of evidence, right? Evidence. Mm. It's not mm. um, a complete ironclad proof in a court of law, right. which seems to be the new standard now. Right. Right? Like uh, this group of people in the media who spent... Uh, the last five years telling you every single time, uh, you know, Donald Trump wore a red tie, it was a tie to Russia, mm-hmm. uh, have now come to the conclusion that no, there's no evidence at all that ties right. Joe Biden to this. Despite this, despite the WhatsApp message of, of Hunter Biden sitting there in, in, in a room saying, I'm here with my dad and we need this payment to come in right now or we both hold a grudge on you and make your life miserable. That, that doesn't matter either. It's funny because, like, that's a different standard than when was presented for Trump. And, and they keep saying this. They said, I saw it or heard it again on TV today, and it drives me crazy every time, 
that there's absolutely no evidence. Let me just throw another scenario out here for a second, just to make this easy for the left. We all, back in the day, we saw pictures of Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein in the same room, okay? That, those are real pictures from back in the day. But let's say instead a few years, like maybe now, we get a text that says, from Jeffrey Epstein to Jelaine Maxwell, that says, I'm sitting here in a room with Donald Trump, and he wants those girls delivered right now. Bring the 14-year-old girls to my room right now because Donald Trump wants them. Do you think the media would say that's evidence? Do you think uh, they would yes. consider that an indication of something? Yes. Do you think they'd wait for the court of law to prove that he had actually done this? I doubt it sincerely. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that Jeffrey Epstein is trying to make Donald Trump look bad in that scenario? Sure. Is it, is he, is it possible he's just lying to Jelaine Maxwell for some reason? Sure, it's possible. But there's serious evidence here that ties these things together. And every day we get a little bit more. And I think the actions of the media and the actions of now the White House, who seem to be scrambling on this story, mm -hmm. indicate that there is more here. They know it's coming, and they're worried they're on the right track. I am with Eric in that I have very little uh, confidence that the American people will come around and, and pass their partisan lines to understand that there is something here. But I can tell you, there is something here, and we're very close to having that irrefutable proof on it. So could I just also just point out that, do you remember when Hunter Biden's laptop all the stuff started being disseminated and there were Unfortunately, also, I've seen many of the pictures. I do remember it. They're There's, etched into your memory. Yes, I know. I also have PTSD from that. <laughs> um, but I recall uh, that there was a little tidbit that he had also had Joe Biden listed in his phone as pedo Peter. That's right. That's right. And now we that. see the Robert L. Peters pseudonym. And Gosh, that's right. I totally forgotten about that. It's really hard to like continue to deny this connection here of why would his own son be calling him a pedophile? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to just throw that out into the universe and just let the universe chew on that. I think is what I'm going to do. That's an amazing. I for, I'd forgotten that one. Yeah, that is uh, very interesting. It's, it's just it. Could just be a coincidence. I don't know. Um, so on this Hunter Biden, Joe Biden uh, situation, the judge that is overseeing Hunter Biden's, uh, all of Hunter Biden's charges, actually dismissed two misdemeanor tax charges against him last night. Now, these were part of the plea deal that just started unraveling in the last couple of weeks. And so don't think that this means this isn't because she's like letting him off. Actually, the special counsel, David Weiss, who was previously the prosecutor and Attorney General Merrick Garland was like, oh, crap, people are actually paying attention to all of the uh, wrongdoing that we've done. I guess we need to look like we're doing something and appoint a special counsel. So that's what he did. And but now this dismissal is actually seen as a move to potentially pave the way for new charges to be filed against Hunter Biden in either California or Washington, D.C. So it could actually be the opposite of her trying to go easy on him. It could actually be that special counsel David Weiss is like, all right, let me at him. I want to start over and I want to file better charges against him. And she is now allowing that to happen by dismissing the old charges. And I go back to Eric's pessimism <laughs> because I'm I'm seeing this and I'm like, holy crap, like I. Is that really going to happen? I never thought that the Bidens would ever see accountability, just like I never think that the Clintons are ever going to see accountability, you know, and, and all of these, you can keep going down the line. 
but there's a glimmer of hope maybe with this new judge and with the all of the bad publicity that the DOJ has seen and having to appoint a special counsel. I know it was seen as a move to kind of stall things, but I mean, why else would you dismiss these charges to pave the way for worse ones oh, we'll, we'll certainly see what happened I, I am this whole hunter biden thing is remarkable to me mainly because i mean because of the laptop situation we have him on tape <laughs> committing several crimes uh and nothing's happened to this guy i mean it wasn't that long ago when he was absolutely blitzed at the white house um <laughs> just walking around they sure found crack in the way. white house uh, or cocaine whatever uh, at, at the white house they don't know who whose it was though we just can only speculate that maybe it was his crackhead ass son uh so i seeing people operate like that in public is remarkable to me because it does show that kind of the culture that we live in and it is really kind of this two-tiered system where certain guys in the upper echelon of society whether it be through family or or just maybe they earned it they're in a position that none of us will ever be in where they operate by a completely different set of rules that we just i mean if we sniffed uh sneezed wrong mm. um we'd we'd be in a uh, prison uh for doing i mean a quarter of what this guy has uh literally been caught doing right um but it seems like nothing it, it, it's like when you see even like basic criminals do criminal stuff they tend to like lay low and they're like oh yeah i kind of kind of can't be out and hoping whereas to these guys are like caught and they're like just gallivanting around and that's i think american people or the american people should really pay attention to that and then as you keep tabs on what's going on with this whole deal and whether it be yeah i mean if you want to be optimistic oh they're clearing this because they want a new slate and they're going to charge him with uh, other things and then he's going to be tried fairly and then he's going to go to prison Good luck. <laughs> Eric's like, they're just dismissing him just to dismiss him. Yeah, I mean, uh, let me give you a, a slightly more optimistic. Please, I could. please, slightly please. One. I'm not sure that I fully am optimistic yeah. on this, but I, I can see a path to optimism. Let me okay. lay it out here for you for a second. That's so, not. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. You can a path only... to optimism. Like, but not I'm standing here in the distance. I can see optimism. <laughs> okay. Barely. Okay. But if I walk that direction, maybe it'll get more in focus. Okay. Um, if you go back to when all this happened, right, the deal's announced, and mm -hmm. the, immediately we hear, okay, they're going to give him these wimpy charges, and, uh, you know, it's a sweetheart deal, and it's going to wipe out all the other stuff, all these other investigations that we know are going on, and we're all up in arms, right? Conservatives are up in arms, and, and, and we're going nuts. The media repeats the story over mm -hmm. and over and over again. One day, I decided to go back and try to trace where this came from, because after the deal fell apart, I was trying to figure out, well, why do we think that it was going to uh, to wipe out all the charges for these other crimes? That's not mm. how this works, right? right? But why did I think that? Every single thread I traced went back to Hunter Biden's attorneys saying that. Mm. They said it mm. loudly and publicly over and over and over again. But I never heard that from the government. The right. government didn't say this is exonerating him. And then they got into court. And the judge correctly pointed out, you guys seem to disagree about what this is. You're saying this is wiping out all, all these charges. And uh, the government, is that what you're saying? And they say no. Now, I think there is the argument that has been made on this, which might very well be right, is that they got kind of caught. Like they were trying to push through this, this sweetheart deal. And honestly, at the end of the day, it, they got kind of snagged. They got put in the sunlight and they decided to bail on it. But like, 
why wouldn't they just go along with it, right? They were in front of the judge. Yes, it would have been a big story. There would have been an uproar on the right, but the media would have ignored it. They would have been past all of this by now. Instead, the government says, no, wait a minute, hold on. We, we aren't doing that. And the whole thing falls apart. Remember, Eric Weiss was, uh, was appointed by Donald Trump. I mean, I, you know, again, yeah. I, I know he's kind of disowned that at this point, but that was how this happened. Uh, he was, uh, you know, I'm not saying for sure, but maybe there's a chance that this was a Hunter Biden attorney sort of led misleading operation to make us all believe this was going away. And maybe now we will see some investigation. I will say after the deal was announced is when we learned a lot of these things, the WhatsApp messages, some of the texts from behind that all came out of the Republican House uh, investigation. I don't know if Weiss had all that stuff. And a good point. we do know that there is, um, uh, all, when all this stuff was, was kind of coming out, in that period is when the deal sort of fell apart on this stuff. So I still think you can argue it was a sweetheart deal for the charges, right? The tax charge and the gun yeah. charge. I think you can argue that that was even just a sweetheart deal. But maybe there's hope. Maybe there's hope he's really looking into this. Maybe he's embarrassed enough to yeah. start actually treating this, taking this seriously. Again, I'm not standing in a place where I can visually see the optimism. But I could, in the distance, there's a light, and it okay. could possibly be optimistic. Okay, okay. You know you what? That? I'll take it. All right. I'll take yes. it. I'll All take right. it. Gotcha. A little over the hump. Yeah, I'll take it. it just a, a baby steps. Baby a step in the right direction, I will take. Um, because I got to tell you, there are few people that I want behind bars more than Hunter and or Joe Biden. <laughs> I think they're only second to... Um, Anthony Fauci. All right. On that note, we got to take a a quick break. Want to thank our sponsors, My Patriot Supply. So I don't have to tell you this. If you watch the show, um, our world is changing in a lot of uncomfortable ways. If it's not natural disasters, it's political or economic disasters. Thanks, Joe. The bottom line is that you need to be prepared for anything to happen at a moment's notice. And you can't Wait until that happens to do something like go get emergency food. Emergency food, the whole idea behind it is that you have to be prepared. You can't wait for the emergency to strike. You got to be prepared and get that food before the emergency hits. You can do that with uh, My Patriot Supply by going to preparewithnews.com. Right now, they are offering a deep discount on their popular three-month emergency food kit with 25% savings. It is the biggest discount they offer, so you're not going to want to sleep on it. Act now. Grab your 25% discount on each three-month kit you need. You're going to need one kit per person in your family. You're not going to regret it whenever an emergency happens, disaster strikes. You're going to be prepared. Go to preparewithnews.com for 25% today. It's going to ship in discreet boxes so your neighbors aren't going to come over whenever the emergency happens and disaster strikes. It will just be for you and your family. Go do that by uh, going to preparewithnews.com. The head of the Maui Emergency Management Agency, Herman Andaya, stepped down over the agency's decision not to activate the emergency sirens during the wildfires that engulfed Maui last week. Of course, we've been covering on the show. Um, It was just horrific, a horrible tragedy. Um, Many people have still not been located. The death toll is over 100 people. And um, he had previously defended his choice not to activate the sirens, explaining he was concerned it might prompt people to flee toward the fires. Um, And I, I, uh, okay, I'm being told by control, I was going to say we have a video, but I apparently we don't, okay, we don't have a video at this moment. Um, And, but it's just, it's interesting because you have this official resigning um, because of this 
bizarre decision not to sound the emergency siren. And then you also have um, a deputy director of Hawaiian Water Commission who uh, may have delayed access to more water resources during the fires, which I don't know, sometimes you need, I feel like maybe you need water during fires to put the fires out. And um, that deputy director was worried about water equity previously. So there's a lot of really weird things going on in Hawaii. Okay, do we have this? Do we have this? Okay, we have this official uh, explaining why he did not sound the alarm watch. Do you regret not sounding the sirens? I do not. And the reason why... So many people said they could have been saved if they had time to escape. Had a siren gone off, they would have known that there was a crisis emerging. And as we know, so many bodies were found in the ground as the flames caught their heels. The sirens, as I mentioned earlier, is used primarily for tsunamis and that's the reason why many of them are found almost all of them are found on the coastline the public is trained to seek higher ground in the event that the siren is sounded had we sounded the siren that night we're afraid that people would have gone malka and if that was the case then they would have gone into the fire by the way i should also note that there are no sirens malka or on the mountainside where the fire was spreading down so even if we sounded the siren it would not have saved those people on the, on the mountainside. Mocha. It still seems weird to me because if you're talking about in the evening, you're talking about at nighttime, I, I saw that fire very clearly. Um, it seemed like the camera was from very far away and I still saw the fire. So it does seem weird that you would be scared that someone would, would be running into what looks like right there. I mean, I'm not, if I see a fire, I'm not running towards it. That that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, I mean, you could try to empathize with the with the logic there, but you'd have to also dismiss so many other things, right. like I guess human beings <clears throat> acting in their own self interest. And when you see, you, I guess the sirens are to let them know that something crazy is going on or right. something wild is going on. And then once they maybe go outside, they would see, okay, right. what would they do? Now, if, <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to make the argument that well, this would have sent people into panic, which would have made the problem worse, then make that. But the position that well, people would have started just. I guess dispelling of all logic and started running to the to where everything's uh, on fire is is silly. You right. know what I mean? That was not a logic. Wouldn't they like turn on their TV to watch yeah, I mean, the local news? You have see to be under a rock. On. But even then, like I said, even if the idea is like, okay, well something's happening, right? right? And then you go outside, and then you know just. Again, human action, basic human action. I guess he's not giving the, those human beings enough credit to them, like figuring out, okay, they're letting us know something is wrong, and then with our own eyes, we can see that there's a there's a fire. Right. Um, so again, not that 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 good of logic because he didn't make the the argument that I guess could have been made that yeah, maybe it would have sent people in a frenzy, and if he sends people into a frenzy, maybe they start scattering around, and then more people end up dying out of that. It's not the argument that it is that he he made. I hate to hear stories like this because we're gonna sit here as armchair quarterbacks all day long and sit up and say who would have could have and, and should fair. have uh, and what they what they should have done. We always do this certainly after after these uh, these sort of uh, disasters. Um, so again, I try to empathize with this because when this even happens, let's say more closer to, to home, definitely with hurricanes, we always do that. It's like, well, these people should have done. Well, we did with Texas this freeze that happened uh, uh, not too long. It's like, oh well, they should have done this and they should have done that. And I, I just hate that stuff like this is always, you know, you you have to entrust people 
to to do their jobs, to save the lives of, of, of hundreds, perhaps thousands of, of folks. And when they do drop the ball, it is catastrophic. Whenever, no matter what that what that is, be it freezing, be it a hurricane, tsunami, earthquake, no matter what it is, it's like you're depending on these people to do their jobs. They don't have to do it often. There may be several years where they ever have to be activated. But if they fail, you know it's going to be a, a, a catastrophic. And unfortunately, this is one of those situations. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and of course, the, depending on government for any of this stuff is always a bad idea. Oh, yeah, every it, time, it never, every time. It never works out. Um, you know, of course, when they pr- they promise you they have all these safety things in place and then they don't actually happen, uh, it's I think it's okay to, to, to get fired up about it and, and, and ask questions and figure out why. I mean, at some level, if he's telling the truth, it's a judgment call. I think quite clearly he did not make the right judgment right, call, right. however. Um, right. And, you know, it does seem like these sirens are used for more than just tsunamis, though he said, as even he said, primarily tsunamis. But you're right. Like, in the middle of the night, the sirens go out. What do you do? You walk outside. You look around. Right. What the hell's going right. on? Oh, my gosh, there's a giant fire there. Right. That must be what this and it's is. That right. direction. It's right. that direction. Let's <laughs> not run that way, right? right? Like, right. I think exactly. that happen- everyone makes that judgment. Um, uh, we had uh, Tulsi Gabbard on the show today uh, talking to her about this. And, you know, this used to be in her district. Mm-hmm. And she was, I, I mean, she knows this really, really well, of course, and um, was incredibly passionate about this. And we brought up this point, like, hey, they're saying, like, you know, sh- shouldn't have set this fire, these, fire, uh, these sirens off because of X, Y, and Z. They're going to run into the fires. She lost it on that point. She's wow. like, that is just not true. Yeah. Um, that's not how this works. She, you know, she knows that area super well. She was so fired up that she actually would have had the swear. She actually dropped an S-bomb in the middle of a radio interview. We had to dump her. We had to dump a former congressman uh, on the air. Uh, but she also talked about why it's taking so long. And we, we, we kind of went into the interview a little skeptical. Hey, what the heck has taken so long to go through this? She described the process that they are going through right now, and it totally turned me around on that. I mean, it is... I don't even want to go through all of it because it was revolting, but you should really go back. Just the, the things they are needing to do just to get bodies, not identify what they are or who they are, but to figure out in a pile of, of just you know, burned rubble what is a body and what isn't. It's dependent almost entirely on these dogs that so they've had to import some of them from, uh, from the mainland. I mean, it is a, a horrible situation, and as much as you don't want to let people you want people to go back and look at their houses. What can they do? They want to file insurance claims. They're still in the middle of this process, and it's going to be a really long process just to figure out where the bodies are, how many there are. You know, she talked about, you know, you think about like a boutique hotel in this town that's filled with three floors of people, and how who knows how many of them got out. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and how are you going to separate that out? It, it is one of the worst things we've had to deal with for a long time. So, I mean, I, I'd encourage people to go back and listen to the, uh, it was on Glenn Beck Radio today with Tulsi mm-hmm. Gabbard. She, it was fascinating and, and, and horrifying at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to downplay the significance of that because mm-hmm. it, it really is um, horrific what happened. But I also would like to just note the significance of all of the theories on how this happened and why this happened. And perhaps was this the government, you know, uh, did the government have anything to do with this? And I'm not I don't want to like I don't want to speculate on that. But I, I do want to note how sad it is that we're living in a society in which like we just I mean, all any sort of trust that we have had in the government and any of the government agencies has just been completely eroded. There's just none left because anytime something like this happens, people go like, well, what, how did the government have something to do with this? 
I mean, is there is there anything that's happened recently, any tragedy that's happened and, recently and that I, people haven't started saying that? I don't think that's a bad thing, um, and I, I really don't. But my problem is with it is that we take with that information and we don't act accordingly. Because mm. what ends up happening inevitably, it's like, well, the government should be doing more. See, that's where I split right. people. Right. Uh, like, that's why I always say, I make conservatives, and probably heard me make this argument with them a lot. It's like, just being on the same side of you of, on an issue ain't good enough, right? That's not good enough. Anybody can sit up there and identify a problem. Mm -hmm. So just because we identify, make this point with libertarians all the time, like definitely, particularly with the left. Like, okay, they identify that that right there, the government shouldn't do that. What is the, what is the proposed solution? Right. And oftentimes their proposed solution is that, well, we should entrust them with more. more. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just saw what they did with the power it is that you entrusted with them. So it's so frustrating because you think that the American people are on the brink of understanding it. Why centralization in this uh, context is a terrible idea, but unfortunately solution. And it also gives that, let's say uh, that segue uh, to a lot of people that run on this. Like, hey, if you vote for me and you support me, something like this won't happen because all of my guys are going to come in and we're going to fix it right on up. Mm -hmm. That is not the solution. The solution is to how do we get whatever power it is that is entrusted in you that you have shown that you do not have the intellectual capacity to do and no individual does to make decisions on behalf of hundreds of thousands of people. That's impossible. How do we somehow get that out of your hands and into the hands of other individuals and let's see how, who can come up with the creative solutions. So I wish the American people would come to that solution as opposed to being like, well, let's get the government more power. Can I give one example of Please. this? Because this is I, I'm fired up on this, and uh, I, Eric may be one of five people in America that will agree with me on it. So let me, let me take this out here. Hurry, please. One of the uh, big stories is that you know the governor is now saying, I can't believe these speculators are coming in. They want to buy up this land. They want to buy up this land. We're gonna we're gonna change the law and make it so you so uh, mainlanders are not allowed to buy the land of these people. And I keep thinking to myself, you know, let's say I'm a 75 year old woman. I've survived this fire. I've watched my entire town, my homeland disappear. Maybe I don't want to stay for the whole rebuild. Yeah. Maybe, you know what, I want to go with, live with my daughter who lives in Idaho. Maybe I want to get the hell out of here and maybe I want that money from those speculators. Mm -hmm. Who are you to make yeah. the decision for yeah. these homeowners if they are not allowed to sell their own personal property? Uh, we see the same thing with people like, oh, well, I can't believe these tourists are still coming in. Well, what about these places on the other side of the island that weren't even affected by this? Do they have to destroy their businesses and have no tourists come in for surfing lessons for the next six months? Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? All it does is make this worse. And of course, it's the government getting involved so you can guarantee that's the outcome. Yeah, yep. amen. Um, all right, we've got to take another quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, Eden Pure. So if you have odors in your home that you know maybe you feel like you just can't get rid of them, maybe it's someone in your house smokes, which you shouldn't because smoking is disgusting and it's bad for you maybe you cook uh, you know, maybe you cook like Indian food or something with really strong odors. Maybe you've got litter boxes like we do because we have a zoo at our house. I think litter box is probably the only thing that Stu doesn't have animal related. We have a whole zoo in our Stu house. Stu has a zoo so in his house as well. Everything needs to be filtered all the time. Yeah, there's no litter boxes for him, but literally everything else. Mm -hmm. He does have aquariums, cages. Skinny pigs. Skinny mm -hmm. That's my favorite one. Mm -hmm. But George the skinny pig. Yes, George the skinny pig is the best. But so, I look, we know what we're talking about here. We have lots of, well, we would have odors in our house, but uh, we don't 
because of the thunderstorm air purifier. It starts working in seconds to clear a room of any odor. There's no costly filters to ever replace. Um, I've got one in my kitchen. I've got one in the utility room where we have our litter boxes. And I've got one also in my um, prepubescent son's room because sometimes there's just weird smells in there and I don't know where they come from. But uh, I don't have to smell them anymore with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Right now you can save $200 on three thunderstorms for whole home protection. That is three units for under $200. You can go to EdenPureDeals.com, enter discount code Sarah. That is EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Sarah. House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan has issued a subpoena against Citibank seeking documents related to an investigation into major banks sharing private financial data with the FBI. So this investigation uh, is regarding the extent to which financial institutions may have shared customer information with federal law enforcement, even when the customers had no individualized nexus to criminal conduct uh, relating to January 6th specifically. So uh, documents suggest that Citibank representatives were involved in discussions with the FBI and the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network focused on information sharing following the information sharing following the events of January 6th, raising concerns about informal methods of obtaining private customer information from financial institutions, which I mean, we know that if you were basically in D.C. that day, the FBI was looking into you, right? Like you like, like, oh, I see this person traveled to D.C. They have a plane ticket right here. Let's look into them. And Citibank is just like, sure, here you go. Here's all their bank records right here. That does seem to be a little bit troubling to me. Yeah, you don't want private institutions, supposedly. Um, they like to think of themselves as that. Uh, so they're just giving uh, willy nilly giving information away to the to the government, especially when you you there's nothing with no criminal. evidence of criminal yeah, conduct. That's that's I mean, the I issue. think that's the that's right. the that's the fundamental fundamental issue there. And the fact that this has happened so so often. And I mean, even we we've seen the collusion kind of between the the uh, federal government or agents of that federal government with like social media websites as well. Um, you know, to, to have that level of, of influence and then be a, be able to call yourself a private institution is nonsensical. Um, but I think it's almost purposeful because what it does is people that aren't privy to this stuff, they think that that represents pri privatization. So even though, you know, you have governments working and colluding uh, with uh, in, in other institutions, financial institutions, very, very dangerous um, there uh, first and foremost. But in any real, real capacity, when you have that, I don't think you, you're able to. Well, it's not that I don't think you aren't able to fall back on. Hey, look at me. I'm a more of a I'm more of a private uh, company. and You want to shield yourself from any sort of. Uh, uh, a liability. So, yeah, you don't want institutions working with them and you certainly don't want the government trying to incentivize them uh, uh, to do that. And this is what, what why it's so dangerous. Yeah. yeah, it strikes me that this is an example of I think it goes along with a lot of the stuff, social media that we've talked about as well, you know, in the Twitter files and all that was that we have a kind of a hole in our system where it's sort of illegal for the government to demand these things from private institutions. But it's not illegal for them to ask for mm -hmm. them. And a lot of times they ask for them. And I don't know about you, if I got a, a, you know, a note from some congressman who was like, hey, will you please turn over X, Y, and Z? Your initial instinct is going to be like, I, wanna get the, I don't want to yep. be in trouble. Yep. I'm going to do whatever they say, yep. unless you happen to have a real ideological uh, disagreement with that. And so a lot of these companies, I, I mean, I think the companies are at fault, too. They shouldn't. 
they should, you know, some companies do take stands for privacy and say, no, we're not going to, you're not, we're not going to turn this over to you. But it's pretty rare. Most, most people, you're working for a, you know, uh, you know, you're a mid-level employee at this place. You get a request from a government official saying you turn this stuff over. You're probably just going to do it. Yeah. And they get this information even though they're not supposed to have it. I think we should have explicit laws that prevent, like we should have a law on the books that prevents any representative of the federal government for asking for information or asking for someone to be banned on the uh, basis of their political opinion. Now, the, you know, I know that the criminal investigations have certain lines, but they already exist and like they can utilize those lines. But just asking, hey, can you please ban this person? We think he's giving vaccine misinformation mm-hmm. is something that the government should be prevented legally from even attempting, let alone blaming. Because I like to blame the companies, but here I kind of I have some sympathy for the companies in these situations. I agree. Not disagreeing with your point, do want to point out the irony that they had no problem handing those records over to the government in that instance, but the subpoena came because they didn't voluntarily hand over uh, the documents requested by Jim Jordan of the House Judiciary Committee. Right. Right. So like they all of a sudden Mm -hmm. they don't want to comply with the government. They had no problem complying with the government previously. Very fair. Interesting, Mm -hmm. Citibank. Um, All right. We've got to take another quick break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Fast Growing Trees. So this summer you could spend, I don't know, thousands of dollars on planes, hotels and tourist traps. Or you can spend less money on a beautiful garden that will give you years of pleasure with FastGrowingTrees.com. They have thousands, I mean thousands, of easy-to-grow plant, shrub, tree varieties, expertly curated for you, your unique climate needs. Um, they've got Meyer lemons, they've got evergreens, they've got shade trees, they've got everything in between. And the greatest part about it is that you don't have to go over to one of those big box stores and go lug a giant tree into the back of your trunk. You've got dirt flying everywhere in your car. I don't like doing, in fact, I don't do that with my car because I use fast growing trees. Uh, You order it all online. Your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. You don't have to get your car dirty. You don't have to go to the store. And they also have uh, a guarantee that um, that it will be alive and thrive, a 30-day alive and thrive guarantee. You know everything is going to look great, fresh out of the box. You can join almost 2 million happy Fast Growing Trees customer, including me. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash news to get 15% off of your entire order. I'm telling you guys, they have got it all. Go there. It is fastgrowingtrees.com slash news. We're going to take the... I don't know, for what, five minutes? Let's take five minutes and talk about Britney Spears. <laughs> Honestly, if, if it were, if I, look, I would have started the show with it. <laughs> but the well, executives no tell me, well, okay. I mean, there is, mm-hmm. but we won't get into that. The executives tell me, the folks at Blaze TV, the first thing they want to hear about is not Britney Spears. But I do think that it is, it's an interesting conversation because Britney Spears, we had this discussion about her conservatorship several years ago. Of course, she was in one for, what, nine years? I mean, for forever. She was in a conservatorship with her dad, um, who was rumored to be extremely controlling, uh, borderline, like not physically abusive, but abusive. Uh, Um, And she was just kind of trapped in this house and nobody allowed her to go anywhere or do anything. And she made these, well, she's still making these weird Instagram videos. And um, we had the conversation about whether or not she should have this conservatorship. Well, the conservatorship ended and she married Sam Asghari. um, And they had been dating for, I believe, like six years. And now they have announced that they are divorcing after 14 months of being married along with some rumors that have been surfacing that she 
is crazy. Um, gave him a black eye while he was sleeping. He was, you know, as wives do, you're sleeping and a, your wife just comes up and decks you in the eye and leaves you with a black eye. I know you guys have been there. Right. Sure. No. Yeah, no. It's not a. <laughs> no. <laughs> so 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 here's Sam's uh, Instagram post. After six years of love and commitment to each other, my wife and I decided to end our journey together. We will hold on to the love and respect we have for each other, and I wish her the best always. Stuff happens. Asking for privacy seems ridiculous, so I will just ask everyone, including media, to be kind and thoughtful. That's now, also ridiculous. That is, yeah, now, now, yeah. Asking the media to do that is ridiculous. Now, I do have some thoughts on um, his flippant, like, oh, we've just decided to end our journey together. But what I'd like to do is ask you guys about this conservatorship issue, because I, a lot of people are saying, um, maybe we were onto something with the conservatorship thing. <laughs> but I would just, like, you're allowed to be crazy and you should have the ramifications and consequences, life consequences of being, like, weird and crazy, right? Not always a conservatorship. So I'm, I'm curious to get y'all's well, thoughts you, I, I think people should have, obviously, agency. And yes, you should have the freedom to uh, screw up. Um, this is why I'm against the welfare state, for the same exact reason. Um, uh, however, uh, what the government should not be hopefully used for is to uh, bail folks out when they do stupid stuff. And yes, the worst thing, in the, you don't want to see people that you like, you're fond of, maybe they're even your family member to be spiraling into, uh, you know, just craziness. But, you know, that's the thing about freedom. And it's, it's just something that is worth having, absolutely. And people, grown adults, you know, should be free to be an idiot. Right. And I mean, I'm not condoning the idiocy, right? I'm not condoning her. Yeah, you don't have her to. bad behavior. Actually, I'd argue that we should be speaking against the bad behavior. Yeah. 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 I think that's true. I mean, I, you know, I agree, of course, that you should have agency. A conservatorship should be very difficult to right. get on someone. And that's the thing that set off my alarm bells when this story was first happening. Everyone was like, oh, free Britney, free Britney. And it's like, the conservatorship, or this type of conservatorship on an adult is incredibly difficult to get unless someone has Alzheimer's or something very, very difficult. It's not, there's got to be a lot of behavior that leads to something like that. And um, that does not mean that she should have, the, the, she should have the right to get out and blow her whole life up if, right. she, if she really wants to. The question really is more of, was it a good decision? Was it right for Britney Spears to get out of that conservatorship? Maybe there were some positives uh, of that arrangement. Now, I, I, don't, I don't know enough about it to defend uh, the dad's actions or the parents' actions. You know, it seems like there were some real problems there. And honestly, if there's any doubt at all, she should be able to go out and do what she needs to do. And if what she needs to do is marry some guy and in 14 months she takes, he takes half of her money, okay. Right. I mean, right. this is what the dad was trying to stop. If that's the end of the story, that's really sad. And I, you know, I hope the best for her. But it, number one priority should be individual freedom here. She right. should be right. able to uh, get, get out. But when you get to a, a situation where you're having real mental health struggles and you might not be able to understand what is best for you, that's how these things start. That's how a conservatorship starts. And once you get into one, there's usually a really high bar for that to begin. If you're taking away someone's freedom like that, there should be a really high bar. My, my instinct is, if she really wants out of it, she should be able to let out of it. But maybe it wasn't the best individual decision for her. Maybe she does need some protection. Maybe it's not from her dad. Maybe it should be from somebody else. But it doesn't seem like she's honestly able to run her life in a way that uh, would be recognized as normal. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> we got to take a quick break. We'll be back.
New York City Mayor Eric Adams is now very angry with Joe Biden over uh, his unjustly dropping immigrants in the laps of NYC residents. Watch. This is a national and statewide issue that has been unjustly dropped into the lap of New York City residents. We only make up 0.05 of the land mass in New York State. 0.05, that's what we make up. Yet, we are housing over 99% of the migrants. That's how sanctuary cities work, Eric. You said you wanted to be a sanctuary city. That's how it works. <laughs> now all of a sudden the brown people are on your doorstep and you're like, oh, never mind. We were just, we just wanted to, I mean, it sounded nice when we said it. It sounded very sweet and compassionate. When virtue signaling city. backfires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a really amazing. And, I, you know, watching this reaction, I don't think it could have possibly politically gone better for governors like Abbott mm-hmm. and DeSantis. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, remember, there's a policy change here, too. It's not just people being bust up there. Biden's policy specifically had people flying into these cities yep. instead of going to the border. Yep. Rerouting the traffic, essentially, to these other states. That's been a big problem, too. Well, you get what you vote for, guys. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.